This is Frugal Living. Preparation developed into a recurring theme on Frugal Living. The more research you do, the lower prices you pay. The same applies to emergency prep. This week, I talked to our very first anonymous guest, a person who goes by the handle Survivor Steve. Here's our conversation. This is my friend, Survivor Steve. He knows more about survivalism than anyone I know. And I know what you're thinking. He's probably a crazy person. He's like a prepper. He probably has like a like a bomb shelter he lives in. Like there's probably like he eats MREs just for fun. And you're right. On all counts, that is exactly who he is. And that is why he's on the show. Survivor Steve, thank you for being here. It's, uh, it's nice to come out of the bomb shelter once in a while. Thank you. I, honestly, I was surprised that uh, we were able to, to get you, but I know you try to make time for at least one interview a year to spread the, the knowledge that you have. Yeah, once a leap year. <laughs> once, once a leap year, and we're very lucky to have you. Can you tell me what is the message that you've come to share with us today? The thing I want to say is that Preparedness doesn't need to be about living in a bunker and hiding in the woods. It's about little steps that we could all take to just mitigate unpredictable things that will happen at some point in our lives. And those steps don't have to cost a lot of money. One of the things that's become very popular in the past few years is emergency kits. What are your thoughts on these? Oh, emergency kits. That is a rich topic. Um, In short, you don't need one. Well, you should have an emergency kit. You should make a preparedness plan, but the survival kits that you might find on Amazon or other websites, uh, 99.9% of the time are, they're, they're useless. You just don't need to give those people your money. Is it, is it that they don't work or is it that they're overpriced? Um, it's actually a bit of both. Uh, there are kind of three ways that people overpay for survival kits. Uh, and the first is that survival kits, the ones you're going to see on Amazon at Walmart, the ones in like the $20 price point range, they're selling you this mythic idea of survival. Like they, they, they are built, these kits are built out to the idea that you are lost in the woods and you've got to, you know, use your wits and your cunning to survive against nature. And we all like that. It, it plays into the American mythos a lot. But for most people, you would have to try really hard to get legitimately lost in the woods. Fair. How often do you see yourself going out for a walk where you aren't familiar with your surroundings? Exactly. And even if you're not familiar with your surroundings, you're probably not that far from a highway or a fast food joint or just someplace you can walk and be like, can I use the phone? I fell in a puddle and now I'm cold and wet. (laughs) Sure. So what you're saying is these survival kits are peace of mind and we feel like we're getting a deal because it's only 20 bucks. But in reality... maybe you're paying for a feeling of security more than something you'll actually use. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, And kind of going along with paying for a feeling, 
the, the tools that you're often getting in these kits, not only are they not terribly practical for most people in most situations, they're generally not very high quality tools. So even if you look at a kit and go, well, maybe I don't need a compass or that neat little pocket saw thing, but it's like, oh, there's a flashlight and there's a pocket knife. Like those things will probably come in handy. And those things would come in handy if they were better. Sure. Okay. So like you see a survival kit that catches your eye. But all the things that are in this kit are lower quality than if you just went and bought a flashlight and a pocket knife. The two things that you know that you'd use. Is that... Absolutely. So where, if you did want to get your own survival kit, like let's say you wanted to build one instead of buy one of these cheap ones, but you still didn't want to spend a bunch of money, where do you start? Oh, that's that's easy. Now, normally Survival Steve wouldn't tell you to trust the government, but I am going to tell you to trust <laughs> the government on this one. Ready.gov is a FEMA website, and it has a list of just basic emergency supplies that every home should have, and it has resources for helping you find uh, the kind of things that you're going to want to add to your kit based on your personal needs. And FEMA doesn't want your money. In this case, you know, listen to them. The website is called ready.gov. I'm sure there'll be a link in the show notes. I don't love being brand loyal to anything, but in this case, that might be a good conversation to have. What brands are worth checking out? Uh, let me give you some things to avoid, if I can spin the question a little, because there are so many good options out there, because everyone's needs are so different. But I will give you a few affirmative yeses of things to look at, if you just really like having that sort of thing. Awesome. So the first thing you should avoid is pretty much anything that says it's tactical. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Number one, there are cool things out there that are quote unquote tactical, but if it's cheap and tactical, I promise it's just cheap. <laughs> I promise you. I love that because it's not something you think of as a marketing term. You don't think of tactical as like marketing speak, but that is exactly right? what it is in some cases. Sure. Like tactical is one of those words that doesn't have a fixed meaning Anyone can slap it on anything, and they can't be hit with false advertising claims. Sure. I mean, you could use this for tactics. Sure. <laughs> I've got my tactical thimble when I have to tactically sew up my uh, my ripped jeans. Absolutely. Hey, we're giving you advice right now. This is a tactical podcast. Exactly. Well, I yeah. think this might so, be the name of the episode, the, the tactical oh, episode. The tactical episode. Perfect. That's that's who I want to be in life, always. <laughs> Yeah, so avoid things that say tactical on them, especially if you are, if it's a low-cost item. There are brands that, you know, people would consider, yes, this is a tactical brand. This thing is built for hard use and abuse. But 99% of the time, you don't need those things. In terms of what you should get, every household, every group, whatever unit you're working in, everyone should have a first aid kit. And you don't need the fanciest first aid kit. You don't need a kit that is beyond your medical training. Ooh, yeah, good. What do I need for my house? So this is one of the times you get to go out and buy a kit. I'm going to let you buy a kit. <laughs> go to Walgreens and buy the store brand first aid kit. Go home, open it up, 
Don't touch the sterile parts, but put your hands on all the pieces so you actually understand what it is you have. Now, you know you have those supplies because you physically touch them and put them in the box. When you take apart that kit that you bought, you're not just looking at what's in there. You're not just doing inventory, which you are also doing. You're also remembering where these things are. You're teaching yourself, hey, this is where the ointment is. This is where the bandages are. This is where I need to remember to go when I need to go. Absolutely. Of course, we also need to talk about brands. What's worth shopping for? Top brands that you should look for. I think everyone should have a flashlight. That is the one piece of equipment that I will always advocate for more of because half the day is night. You want to be able to see. I have so many flashlights. It's not even funny. I The one that I have with me right now is a, it's a Browning 3-volt flashlight. It's more expensive and more flashlight than most people need. Uh, in Australia, they call people like me torch dorks. This is, a, this is like a $70 flashlight. You do not need a $70 flashlight. But let me just point out too, for the people who are listening to this, because you can't see us, when, when he mentioned this flashlight, he didn't like just talk about it theoretically. He, he was like, oh, the one I have literally at my side right now. And then he <laughs> held it up. It, is, it was just there, that. ready. This is, this is the one that lives in my pocket. <laughs> um, if you don't want to spend $70 for a Browning flashlight, what is the next level of flashlight that you'd recommend? Great. Honestly, what I recommend for most people is either get like a Maglite Mini, which you can... I, I checked today. I don't know what the shipping cost is. $6 on Maglite's website. $6. I have one. I, I've beaten it up. I've dropped it. It's gotten wet. It's fine. Is it the best flashlight in the world? No. But it is a $6 flashlight that seems determined to not be broken. There's another one called Nebo. N-E-B-O. They had a, they have a flashlight that is $14. I had one of these for years. I have dropped it. I have smashed it. I have taken it into the ocean. I corroded the battery. Took out the corroded battery. Put a new battery in. And it kept working. Incredible. You don't need $70 flashlights. If you want one, they're great. They're fun. Six to 15 bucks. And you have a solid flashlight. If you need outdoor equipment, Coleman is always a good choice. It's a reliable, safe bet. And it's everywhere. Coleman it's is like, everywhere. you can get it at Dick's or Target or, you know, you name it. Absolutely. I have a Coleman camp stove for camping that I didn't buy. My dad bought it in the seventies. It's fifty years old. This this goes back to like if you're if you follow us on TikTok, Frugal Living Pod, by the way, one of the things that you'll see there is estate sale and garage sale finds. Things that I found that I'm like super geeked about. Coleman camping gear is everywhere. Go to a suburb near you, go to a garage sale, go to an estate sale, and then look for camping gear. Cause if you want to find that kind of long-lasting brands, stuff people haven't thrown out because they've used it year after year, that's a good name to look for. If you're like, I don't want to do research, you're pretty safe going that direction. LifeStraw makes a nice water filter. It is like the gold standard of just simple water purification. It looks like a thick straw. Sometimes Brad's Deals has deals on, I mean, obviously Coleman camping stuff, but LifeStraw specifically, I've seen on Brad's Deals a number of times. Yeah. 
the frugal element of being prepared is that you are avoiding needing to go out to the store to buy things when those items are in short supply. We all know about supply and demand, low supply, price goes up. So if you have what you need before it becomes a moment of crunch time, not only are you lowering the demand on that product, making it easier for everyone else who maybe didn't go out and prepare, you're not paying those increased prices. We all remember what happened with toilet paper. We all saw what happened with hand sanitizer. That sort of thing will happen again. It might not be as extreme. And if you already have the things, the staple items in your pantry, if you just keep them stocked and you don't need a year's supply, you just need a few days supply so that you are never on the last version of a thing you need every day. You never have one bag of coffee. You never have one roll of toilet paper left. You can avoid a lot of those financial bumps. Preparedness doesn't have to be this big thing. You don't need to build a bunker. The most prepared thing you can do is have a few days worth of food and water in your house. 99 times out of 100, any sort of situation will involve you hanging out and waiting for trained professionals to fix something. So if you just have your personal needs taken care of in advance, it's going to be a lot lower stress for you and the people around you. It sounds like a lot of your advice is the same advice we give to people who are going camping. Consider your immediate needs and consider your immediate safety. Those are the things that you that you really want. Are you safe? Are you comfortable? Are you dry? Can you see at night? If you have these things already set aside, it seems like a lot of those emergency prep plans are already taken care of. It's having a plan and some basic tools will get you really far. You don't need super fancy tools and you don't need an elaborate plan. In fact, the simpler the plan is, the better. When you're under stress, it's hard to think clearly. And if your plan is something elaborate, you might forget steps. So what you're talking about really is the kind of things you know are most likely to happen in your area. If you're in Chicago, it's a snowstorm. It's maybe a tornado. It's, you know, losing power, losing heat. Things that conceivably could happen and probably have happened in your life. Yeah, be prepared for the things that are likely to happen. I'm not prepared for fire season because I don't live in California. I'm not worried about massive flooding because I don't live near the ocean. If you try and prepare for everything, it'll consume you. Bad things happen sometimes. It's not the end of the world. Thanks to this week's guest, Survivor Steve. I'm Jim Marcus, and I edited today's episode. Frugal Living is brought to you by Brad's Deals. Download the Brad's Deals app, or sign up for regular emails at bradsdeals.com to see new deals on everything, every day. Enjoying the show? Leave a review for Frugal Living on Apple Podcasts, or find us on social media under the handle FrugalLivingPod. That's Instagram, TikTok, you name it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.